Coming up. Why did this happen? When did this happen? How did this happen? And now what's going to happen? I mean, there's just, there are so many questions that I'm sure will come out whenever they start hearing this case. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Randolph County 911, what's the address of the emergency? On June 25th, first responders were called out to the home of MJ Allman, a father and firefighter from Seagrove, North Carolina. On Saturday, police responded to a reported self-inflicted gunshot wound. First responders took MJ to the hospital where he later died. Allman's wife, Heather Hicks Allman, had called 911 that day to report that her husband shot himself. My husband has shot himself. Hurry, and he needs help. But it soon became clear that investigators didn't believe her story. Today, investigators charged Heather Hicks Allman in the death of her husband, MJ. She was also the one who called 911 on Saturday. Absolutely astounding. It's, you know, we don't expect this in a small town. This is ridiculous. I've heard two different stories. I've heard one that he took his own life, and I heard secondary that his fiance took his life. Murder charges have been filed following the death of a North Carolina firefighter. Amber Lake is a reporter who's been covering this case for WFMY in Greensboro, North Carolina. Amber, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. So before we get into what happened here, what have you been able to learn about the victim in this case, MJ Allman? Ever since we heard about the initial shooting and the incident that happened over in Seagrove, we learned a lot about MJ. We learned that he served the Seagrove community for more than 20 years um, at the fire department. He has strong ties to Randolph County. He also has an 11-year-old son that he left behind. Um, but I, whenever I went over to Seagrove, I talked with a bunch of community members who all basically said the same thing about him. They all said that he was a go-getter. He had a great heart and infectious smile, and he was great at his job. He helped as many people as he could whenever he could. He is a very kind soul, and just seeing him, you know, in his profession, in his, you know, actions, he was always you know, one to help the people. I actually talked with a woman that I found on Facebook. She said that she was a former coworker with him. And she said that he was just a great guy. She said that he was kind. He was funny. He made everybody laugh all of the time. She said that she kind of lost touch with him over the last few years, but she could remember him as being just that kind, funny person. So let's walk through what all happened on June 25th at MJ and Heather Amon's home in Seagrove. We know that Heather called 911 and reported that her husband had shot himself. There's also a second call from a neighbor. Tell us about both of those 911 calls. Whenever the neighbor called 911, she said that her neighbor had shot himself. I need an ambulance here immediately. My neighbor just shot himself. When she was talking about MJ, she said that the 11-year-old son had ran over to her house for help and you could... You could hear him in the background of this 911 call. It was actually pretty, pretty upsetting for me to listen to. And I've, you know, been doing this for a few years and I've listened to a wide range of 911 calls throughout my career. But listening to that and hearing the 11 year old son in the background, very upset was just, it was, it was, it was upsetting for us to listen to here at the station. But she said that her neighbor shot himself and that they needed 
emergency help immediately. And so that was basically what happened with that 911 call. And then the one with Heather, who is the wife of MJ, she called 911 and said, claimed that MJ shot himself in the head. She said that they were fussing and that MJ told her that he just couldn't do it anymore. And that's when he pulled out his gun and shot himself. They were just fussing, having an argument, and he, he told me he couldn't do it anymore. Okay, he pulled out his gun. All right. And so during that 911 call, that went on for about 15 minutes or so. Um, Heather was just, she was upset on the phone. The 911 communications operator was talking through you know, what exactly happened? She said that they were just arguing and then he just put out the gun and, and shot himself. But then the rest of the phone call was the 911 operator walking Heather through CPR on her husband. And you can, you could hear her counting. You can hear her performing CPR, what it, what it sounded like performing CPR on her husband until an ambulance and first responders were able to show up on scene. He's got a pulse, but I mean, he's not responsible whatsoever. Do we know what it was that made investigators start to question the story that that Heather had told? No, and I think that's one of the, if not the biggest question that we have as, you know, a news station, and I think everybody else has. There's just, there are so many questions with this story, like why, why did this happen? When did this happen? How did this happen? And now what's going to happen? I mean, there's just, there are so many questions that I'm sure will come out whenever they start hearing this case. And do we have any other information at this point about what might have been going on in the home that day? You said that on the 911 call, Heather talked about a fight. Was there anyone else around who might help investigators sort out what exactly happened prior to MJ being shot? I'm sure investigators will talk with all of the neighbors, um, the homes. I was able to go out there and see um, the home where the almonds live. And the homes are not the closest together, but it's a small little private area where all the neighbors knew everybody. I was able to go a few houses down, actually, and talk with a neighbor who said that she knew MJ very well. She said that when she first moved in, and this kind of speaks to the type of person that MJ was, she said that whenever she moved in, she had a situation where she called 911 because she hurt her back trying to reach for something. And MJ was the first to respond because he lived right down the road. And she said that he was so helpful and so kind and, and helped her through that situation, which was kind of scary for her to be in. I asked her, whenever I was conducting an interview with her, I asked her, if she ever talked with Heather, if she ever went to the house and spoke to the family together. And she said that there was one situation where she received some mail that was supposed to go to the Almond household. So she walked down there and she knocked on the door and delivered the mail. And she said that she did not get the best feeling when she talked with Heather, but that was the only interaction that she got with her. Now, whenever I was out there talking with her, we did stop by the house and there were some family members there, but they, of course, did not want to speak because they were just still in shock um, at the time. But there were family members there. We haven't heard from the family about the situation. I think that they're just, this is still a, a big shock to everyone.
Developing in Randolph County tonight, deputies say a woman shot and killed her husband, a longtime Seagrove firefighter. The sheriff's office charged Heather Alman with first-degree murder in the death of her husband, MJ. You said it was a handful of days after the shooting that Heather was arrested. Do you remember learning about the arrest? Yes, I honestly, the whole, the whole newsroom here in Greensboro, we were all pretty shocked when we heard that information because we thought this was, you know, just a, a situation where, like I said, we heard it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. We felt sorry for the family as you would for any situation like that. But then ever, whenever we heard that Heather was being charged and Heather was in custody, we didn't even know what to think. We were like, wow, what, what happened? What, how much information can we get? How can we find out more? Like what, what exactly happened to make this happen? This was, it's just, it's a crazy situation because there are just, again, there are so many questions and we were, we were all shocked. Going back to that 911 call that was placed by Heather hicks and I imagine that if this case does end up going to trial, that would very likely be at the center of it. Oh, 100%. I think that it's going to play a big role if this goes to trial, just for the simple fact that you can you can clearly hear Heather on the phone for, for 10 minutes, for eight to 10 minutes, performing CPR, what it sounds like, performing CPR on her husband, who she says shot himself. Um, I think it'll be interesting to find out what exactly happened leading up to the 911 call, but... I think that the 911 call will play a huge role in it, just like I said with the CPR. And you can you can also hear Heather getting sick while performing CPR because of just the situation that, that she was in. One other question about that second call. That caller also reported that they believe this was a situation where, where there was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Do we know yet if that caller actually witnessed anything or if the story that they told on the call was something that they heard through Heather? That's a good question. I'm not I'm not sure how the neighbor heard of what happened in the Almond household. I did hear from the first 911 call with Heather. I did hear at one point um she she was telling the 911 operator that her son, their son was outside. And he, you can hear Heather yelling at him and saying, go to the end of the driveway, wait for the ambulance to get here. Your dad has killed himself. Your dad has shot himself. So I don't know if it was a situation where the son heard that and panicked and ran over to his neighbor, to the neighbor's house and just repeated what was told to him. Or if he saw anything, I think that he sadly enough, is going to play a big role in this trial as well. She made her first appearance in court today. The judge said the maximum sentence, if found guilty, could be a death sentence. According to legal experts, though, that doesn't mean she will be on death row. The death penalty in this state is for capital offenses, generally meaning first-degree murder. Again, the prosecutor has discretion as to whether to seek the death penalty. If the prosecutor seeks the death penalty, that doesn't mean it will be given, even upon conviction. There are just, like I've said earlier, there are just so many questions that need to be answered, so many things that need to come out for investigators to figure out what exactly happened that day, what happened that Saturday to lead up to that event. Why did Heather call 911 
on her husband if she allegedly shot him and then performed CPR on him. It's just there are so many questions that could come out in this, and we just we just don't know what could happen. This could this could be a very long process. Amber Lake with WFMY in Greensboro, North Carolina. We'll be keeping an eye on your reporting. Thanks for sharing the story. Thanks so much for having me. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following The Daily Crime wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, you can find a full list of our shows at vaultstudios.com. That includes our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. 